are listening to Setting History Straight with Linda Watson on Hebrew Nation Radio. All right, so, but you know, we've been talking about Virgo and September 23rd and, and what has happened in the sky during that time frame and the eclipse that happened in 2017. And I want to bring that information up again and let's just touch on that because we have several eclipses coming and I, and I want to be able to explain some of this to you we have several eclipses coming and the book of Haggai is going to identify and bring up this eclipse so let's let's go on let's go ahead and get started here we're going to start here in Haggai 1 1 in the second year of Darius, <clears throat> the king, the sixth month in the first day of the month. Now, I'm who knows on the Hebrew calendar what that date represents? Does anybody? That's Elua the first. That's the first day of Elua. First day of Elua, and this is the sixth month on the Hebrew calendar and the first day. So that would be the, the new moon day. Came the word of the Lord into Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel and to Joshua, the high priest saying, all right, so, so the first thing it's telling you in Haggai is that this book is written for who? It's written for Zerubbabel and Joshua. It's going to be talking to us also, but it's, he's telling you that Haggai is specifically writing to Zerubbabel and Joshua, which I consider the two witnesses playing the roles of the two witnesses, okay? All right, now I'm not talking about physical two witnesses. I'm talking about them playing the role of these two men, and we're gonna see that, Zerubbabel and Joshua. I'm gonna prove that to you when we go through this, okay? We're gonna talk about the two witnesses too. So this is the month of Elua on the Hebrew calendar. So if we look at this eclipse, okay? So remember that uh, in August 21st, which was a Monday, 2017, this eclipse started over here in Salem, Oregon, and came all the way across down here to North Carolina, South Carolina area. And it came across at noon, and everybody in the country went out and saw it. It's because the father made sure they saw, because it's going to be a major sign for them. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? That He's not going to be messing around very much longer. Now, in 2024, April the 8th, it's going to come back across the country and it's going to make another line coming from Mexico through Texas and up. And it again, it's going to have this access. The access point is in Cairo, Egypt, which is the is a he is a name from history, right? But it's also a place in this country. Okay, so, so you see that this is a total solar eclipse, a total solar eclipse, and there's not that many of them. And, and everybody says, well, eclipses happen all the time. Well, I'm gonna explain to you, not total solar eclipses happen all the time. And we're gonna see that. Now, uh, this again was a Lua. August 21st would have been a Lua the first day of Alua, which was Monday, August 21st, 2017. Okay, so now going on, the solar eclipse of August 21st, 2017, 
This was, a, like we said, was a Lua. And now the other things that happened on that day in biblical history is the children of I Israel, when they were watching the golden calf and Moses came down, he, he broke the tablets and they had to go back up to, and when he did, he went back up on the first day of Elul. And he stayed up there 40 days and he came back down on Tishri 10, which is really uh, the day of atonement. So how interesting is that? Because he came back on the day that they would atone for the sins of the nation. And the first day of Elua also may have been the day that, that Jonah did his prophecy for the people in Nineveh, if you remember, because he, he told them, you have 40 days. He said, I'm going to tell you that in 40 days, your country's going to be destroyed. And he said, you got 40 days. And, that, and that's really interesting because it, I think it may have. Now, the legend is that it did fall on a little one, but I don't have any proof of that. But it, that kind of fits the scenario. So now prior to this, prior to this, the last total solar eclipse visible in the United States was in 1979. That's almost 40 years ago. Do y'all see that? So these total solar eclipses, they do not happen that often. And in this, in our country, the Northern hemisphere, it's only happened in, in the last 25 years, two times and about to do again in, the, in 2024. So they don't happen often. And so that's the interesting part that everybody needs to see. They don't happen often. So, now we're gonna look at another solar, total solar eclipse. This one happened on August 21st, 1914. On August 21st, 1914, it passed over Europe and the Middle East. It would have been a new moon day, which meant it was a Lua. It means that's the first day of a Lua again. Okay, and so this would have been the time frame for this would have been when the World War I had started. So in August, 1914, which is when the World War I commenced, there was a total solar eclipse over Eastern Europe and the Ottoman Empire. The result was the fall of the Ottoman Empire. But this is the same month. See, the World War I started in August, 1914, and the total solar eclipse was in August, 1914. Do y'all see that? Now you can say, well, that's just a coincidence. That, you know, that's a coincidence, but it's an awfully unbelievable coincidence that it happens this way. And this is identically the same date, August 21st, as the eclipse that happened in 2017. So how interesting is that? Now, there was another total solar eclipse in 1917, December 9th, 29th, and there was one in 1776 on November 30th. These would have been, this would have been in across the United States the same year that, that our nation was founded. The same year that our nation was founded, there was a total solar eclipse, November 30th. How interesting is that? So now here's World War II. 
So World War II went from September 1st, 1939 to September 2nd, 1945. And there was a total solar eclipse that occurred on July 9th, 1945, in top part, the northern part of the world. Between 2001 and 2024, which is next year, there's only three so total solar eclipses. Now you have eclipses. You have eclipses that occur. And those are most of those are annual, what they call annual eclipses. But this is a total, when it's a total solar eclipse, they do not happen that often. And that's what I want to bring out. Now, they happen all over the world at different points and different times. But I think this is very much possible that the Father uses these type of eclipses as a sign for his people. We're going to talk about the to total solar eclipse that happened in 1917. Now, that... Eclipse occurred on December 29th. The reason this is so interesting, it, it's interesting because this particular eclipse is the one that occurred right before the pandemic occurred in 1918 and 1919, where we had a, a influenza virus, which is called the Spanish flu, and it killed over 25 million people. So the year before this flu started, before this pandemic started, there had been a solar total eclipse. So is the father not using these total solar eclipses to warn people in advance before a major event takes place? And I think he is. And the total solar eclipse are different. They, they occur at any time or any point. There, there, there's no schedule for these things. So the Father is using, I believe, the total solar eclipses to warn people in advance for what he's about to, what, what's about to take place. Let's just move on, okay? We want to talk about a second witness. Nobody's paying attention to this. This is the Great American Eclipse. They call it, they've named it, they call it the Great American Eclipse. It comes across on October 14th to 2023. This year, New Moon is on October 14th, which is a Saturday. And so how interesting is this, that this is a second witness to me because it's, it's also making an X across the country. The same X, the same pathway. Do y'all see it's the same pathway mm -hmm. that the one that came in 2017? Okay, and it has to fall on, you know that a solar eclipse has to fall on a new moon. It, it can't fall on any other time. And this is, this is an annual solar eclipse. This is not a total solar eclipse. But the one that happens on April 8th is a total solar eclipse. And that's the same type that you had in 2017. Okay, 2017 was another total solar eclipse. Okay, now let's get into this because I said this book is being written to the two witnesses, which are Zerubbabel and Joshua. We're going to prove that to you. And it's, and it's also going to be addressing the people. It's going to be addressing the people. So what is the, what is the sign that the Father is trying to bring forward? What is he trying to say with these eclipses? Since he brought it up, that's the first thing he said in Haggai. Now remember the book of Haggai. 
and the book of Zechariah and the book of Malachi, all three were written after Israel and Judah had gone into captivity and came out. Because Haggai and, and Zechariah were the two prophets, if you'll remember, they were the two prophets that went into the land with Ezra and Nehemiah. They were the two prophets. So they, they couldn't be prophesying for the fall of Judah and the fall of Israel because their books are being written way after that time. Do y'all see that? So this is for a future time. So if it's for a future time, whose time is it being written to? Okay, so going on, it says, uh, the speak the Lord of hosts saying, the people say, the time is not come for the time of the Lord's house shall be built. In other words, he's not coming yet. He's saying, you know, the Father and the Messiah, they're not making their way back. It's not time yet. That's what it's really saying. This goes back to the same thing that's in Ezekiel chapter 12. Ezekiel chapter 12 says the people don't believe it's time. They don't think it's time for, for the end time, for the Messiah to return. So going back, and they came the word of the Lord of Haggai, the prophet, saying, is it the time for you, O you? that dwell in your paneled houses is how that should read. That's nice homes. You dwell in your nice homes. Why this house lays waste? Well, house, a house can be a family. It can be a nation and it can be a tribe of people, which in this case, it's all three and it's laid waste. This nation has, has really been laid waste. And the, and the people, we talked about this when we talked about the church eras that were in the Laodicean church era, right? And everybody's spiritually asleep. So they're not rising up and saying, well, let's get rid of these people that are so wicked in our land that are running our government. They're not rising up to do that. It, it, I don't know if it worked if they did try to rise up because the father's hand is allowing this to happen because He's telling you, you've laid this land and you laid this house a waste. And I'm not saying you, I'm so, talking about the nation and the people. They've allowed this nation to become a waste place. And so he says, now he says in verse five, consider your ways. So verse six, and you show so much and bring forth little. This is talking about inflation. So we're going to so much. You're going to bring in a lot of money. You know, it, it won't last. And you will eat and not get enough. You will drink and not be filled with drink. You will be clothed, you, and there should be none warm. And he that earns a wage earns a wage to put it into his bag with a hole. Because that is definitely talking about inflation. Haggai 1 verse 7, sure. thus said the Lord, consider your ways. He's telling you, consider what you're doing to this country. Consider what your life is like. What are you doing? That's what he's saying. And go up to the mountain. Now, everybody knows that it knows anything about prophecy, that mountain means government. So if you go back to Revelation 17, it tells you there were seven mountains, you know, and five have fallen and two, one is and two more are to come. That's what it says. In Revelation. So you know that the five that had fallen were kingdoms before that. The one that was was Rome, and there was two more to come after that. So 
we know that these are governments. So a mountain represents a government all through scripture. And so here we go. It says, bring the wood, build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will glorify, said the Lord. But this, ain't, this is not going to happen because people are not going to rise up and rebuild this country. They're not. Because for one, they like it the way it is. For the most part, they like their lives the way it is. They don't want to change. Verse 9, you look for much, for lo, it comes little. And when you brought it in to home, I will blow upon it. And why, said the Lord of hosts, because my house is laid waste and you run every man into your own house. So he's saying, you, you don't care about the government. You're not concerned about what's going on in this nation. You're enough to make changes. You, you're only concern, concerned about your own well-being, your own job, your own house, and your own family. And that's what he's saying right here. And I'm going to put it blank because I'm not talking to you specifically. I'm talking to the people in this nation because they just have checked out and they're just allowing what's going on. And, you know, I don't know that, that it could be done any differently, but nobody's even trying. You have people that are in the news that are constantly telling us what's going on, but they're giving people no solutions. And so that's, and the only way you can have solutions is to go back to God's word. That's the only way. All right, 10, therefore the heavens over you stay from dew and the earth is stayed from its fruits. So he's going to bring a drought. He's telling you, he's, I'm going to bring a drought. You're not going to have any dew and you're not going to have any fruit. You can, I don't know if y'all been watching the news. They don't have any, you know, really and truly Florida is way down on their, on all their citrus fruit. They only have a, a small amount coming out of Florida. I think that's really interesting that, that that's occurring with this presence of this scripture. And so going on, and I call for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains, that's the governments, upon the corn, which is the grain, the grain represents the word, upon the new wine, which are the doctrines, and upon the oil. Now, oil represents the press presence and power of the spirit of God. So he's saying there's no spirit of God moving in this nation. There's no new doctrine. Everybody's hanging on to their same teachings and beliefs. There's nobody's looking to the grain, which is the word of God. That's what he's saying here. It's very plain. And he says, which the ground bring forth and upon me and cattle and upon the labors of your hands. So you're not producing anything. And so this goes back to this same verse in Amos 8, verse 11. Behold, the day comes, said the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst of water, but of the hearing of the word of y'all. So he's going to send a famine, and it's going to be no truth coming forward to the people because they, they don't want to hear it. So if you don't want to hear it, he said, I ain't going to force it on you. That's what he's really, I think that's what he's really saying. Okay. I got one twelve in Zerubbabel and Joshua all, and with all the remnant of the, the people obeyed the word of, of the Lord, their God and the word of Haggai, the prophet as the Lord, their God had sent him to the people did fear before the Lord. So they not only 
believed in and followed his teachings, they fear the, the, the father. Okay, so this is telling you that, that this had been fulfilled during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah once. And that's the former, but now we're looking at the latter fulfillment here. And so going on, and spake Haggai the Lord's prophet to the Lord's message unto the people saying, I am with you. So he, even though things are really tough, he's trying to tell us, I am with you. I am with you, said the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and the spirit of Joshua and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did a work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. And that is the work that we are going to do because we are those people. Now, we don't know who Zerubbabel and Joshua are. I have some ideas, but we don't know who they are. And so the people themselves will do a work in this country and they will do the job that the father has for them to do, which is to help turn the hearts of these people back to the father, which is what he's really interested in doing. Now he again, is, he doubles down on this. Now Haggai 1 verse 15, in the 24th day of the sixth month, the second year of Darius. So all of this took place, uh, this would have been a week before trumpets. See, it's the sixth month and 24th day. So it would be a week before trumpets that this took place. Interesting, keep your eyes on these dates in the future because there's something's gonna play out on these dates. So he's telling you that that's when the people themselves began to start doing a work. And so is, and they're identified to do it. And so is Joshua and, and, uh, and Zerubbabel. Now remember Zerubbabel and Joshua were, the, were given a decree after Judah had fallen, to go back into Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple. And, and they, what they did is they went in and they were, only, they were only allowed to build the foundation, which is really important because these two men build the foundation. Now, remember in scripture who the foundation is. We know that the, the Messiah is considered the, the chief cornerstone, right? But the pillars in the temple are us, we're told. We are the pillars in the temple. So we are that foundation. Do y'all see that? So their job is to help the, the true believers to, to, to uh, be able to do the work that they have. And so that's one of their jobs. So going on, Haggai, we're going to the second chapter. This is not a long book. In the seventh month, the 21st day, which is the last great day, okay? That's the last great day. It's the day after uh, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. Came the word of the Lord to the prophet Haggai saying, speak to Zerubbabel and speak to Joshua to, and to residue of the people and say, that's the people probably there, that are left in the land. Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? So let's just put this in the vernacular of America. And so after this war, the people are going to say, 
Do you remember what she was like before this war? Do you remember what she, what America was like before this war? Because he's talking to the remnant of the people that are left. And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison to nothing? Now, at the time that this was being written and Haggai was writing this, you, you remember that the temple had been destroyed and they, would, and they had gone back in to rebuild it. So they're also in reference to this, they're also saying that the temple at that time was a fabulous building. It was a fabulous building. But after they remodeled it and, and it looked, it was not anything close to what it was before originally. So it's saying the, the temple at the time of Ezra, Nehemiah, Zephaniah, and um, all of these people, at that time, even after they had remodeled it, the temple was nothing like it was when it was built by Solomon. That's what they're saying here, okay? How, now watch what they're about to say. So be strong again, verse 24, yet now be strong. He keeps telling you not to fear and to be strong because this is going to be a hard time. And so he's trying to tell us, be strong. Zerubbabel, be strong, old Joshua, and be strong, all you people of the land, for I am with you, said the Lord of hosts. Okay, verse five, according to the word that I have coveted with you, that you came out of Egypt so that my spirit remains among you, fear you not. So he's identifying these people as covenant people, people that believe in the covenant. Do y'all see that? I coveted with you at the time that you came out of, this is, this is zeroing in on Israel, is zeroing in on the believers that keep the covenant. So he's saying, don't fear, be strong. And that's the message that he has for us. Verse six and six, and thus said the Lord of hosts, yet once in, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Okay, this has to do with all the plagues and all the vials that happen in the book of revelations and i will shake the earth and the desire of all the nations shall come that is the messiah he's talking about he's going to shake the earth and then the messiah is going to return and i will fill this house with glory again this house that he fills with glory again he's talking specifically about america and the people coming back to their land and restoring exactly what it was from before and not just America, but the other Christian nations also. And so the, those are the Israelite nations that he's, he's talking about here. So he said, he's gonna come back and he's gonna, and I will fill this house with glory. So now we need to just stop just a second and talk about the temple because it's going. we're also going to be talking about the rebuilding of a temple, which we know that we are that temple. Now I'm going to read those verses. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Do you know, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? And it says, if any man destroy the temple of God, the God will destroy them for the temple of God is holy. And that is what you are. So, we are the temple of God. 
we, this is a spiritual thing also that we're talking about rebuilding. This is your spiritual life that you're rebuilding. And this is, this is in reference to what's being taught in Haggai also, because there's many layers going on. Ephesians 2 verse 19. So then you will no longer be strangers and aliens for you are fellow citizens with the saints and of God's household, having built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, the Messiah himself being the cornerstone, there you go, in whom the whole building being fitly together is growing into a holy temple of the Lord. Now that is telling it all because he's talking about a spiritual healing in this land. He's talking about a spiritual uh, you know, revival in this land and people turning their hearts back and they will be the temple, and that's what's going to be built, and that's the glory. Okay, now, going on here, Haggai 2, verse 8, the silver is mine. Silver is going to refer to the Levitical priest, because remember, it says the Levites in the book of Malachi are going to be tried as silver and refined as, as, as silver. So it's very interesting that it says that and the gold is mine. Gold is associated with a king. So here's your priest and your king, because this government is going to be set up with a priest and a king. That's what it's going to be set up as. Now, now this is the verse that I love. And I think this points back to America. It says the glory of the latter house. Now he's going to flip it. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. So the land in the Middle East where they had the promised land, which was Israel, and the land that is the promised land in America today, it says the latter house, which is America, shall be greater than the former. And you should be able to see that. Everybody should be able to see that what has happened in this country and the wealth and all the blessings that we receive is far greater than any other nation that's ever existed. And that is just a, a fact. And so the former, the former is going to be lesser than the one that's in the latter. And that's what it's telling you, which I think is referring to the fact that America is the promised land and she is the greater. Okay, now going on here, Haggai 2 verse 10 in the 24th. 24th day of the ninth month. Now, this is the one he said you need to consider. In the second year of Darius came the word of the Lord to Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest, saying, the, Concerning the law, saying, If one bears holy flesh in the skirt of the garment, and, to, and you touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or meat, shall it be holy? And the priest said, No. And so, you know, Haggai repeats this again, but then he gets to verse 14 and then he then answers Haggai. So is this people, so is this nation. Do you see what he's talking about? He wasn't referring to the nation that they had back then. He's referring to the whole nation that was still sitting back in, in um, captivity, yes. But the people that came back into the land at that point really had turned their hearts around. If you read the story in in Ezra and Nehemiah, you see that these people turn their hearts around. So he's not talking to them. So who is this people and this nation that, <laughs> that he says is unclean? 
And I'm telling you, we are, we are it. And these other Christian nations also. And the, said the Lord, and so in every work of thy hands, in everything you do, it's unclean. And which you offer, there is, that is unclean. So everything you bring forward, everything that's, that's all works that are going on in this country is unclean. I mean, he couldn't make it any plainer. And this couldn't possibly apply except to this time frame any more specifically. This time frame, every place really in the world fits this description. But he's saying this nation. So that's the nation of Israel because he's talking about the nation of Israel here. Now, I pray you consider from this day forward and from before a stone was before the stone was laid upon the, the stone in the temple of the Lord. Before the Messiah returns, who is the cornerstone? So before he returns and starts laying the foundation for the temple, because when he returns, he returns as the cornerstone. Do y'all see that? <clears throat> Going on to verse 17. And I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail of, in all the labors of your hands, yet you turn not to me. He's talking to this nation. He says, I put you through every possible curse. I gave you hail. I gave you, um, mildew has to do with famine and, and food not uh, being produced. And the blasting, I don't know what all that means, but he's telling you that I, I put you through the testing. I put you through the time and you still want to turn back to me. And that's a message for us. That is a message for us. You know, I love this verse, Revelation 3, verse 20. This is talking about the Laodicean church, but it says, before I stand at the door and I knock, and if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he will with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. See, the rest of these people are going to be in, in the are going to be in the millennium that talks about what their jobs are, that they actually work, you know, in the millennium. But this particular church, the Laodicean church, the one that's at the end time, that's all of us, by the way. We are all in that Laodicean era of time. We may not be Laodicean by in spirit, but in time. It says we're job is to be sitting at the throne. We're going to sit at the throne. Why? Because the woman of Revelations 12 is the one that does the teaching. And we are the woman of Revelations 12. We have, we're going to go through this process, which is going to be like, you know, a fire and, and tribulation. And we're going to go through this process. We're going to learn all this information. And we're going to be qualified, so qualified to teach that we're going to be sitting in the throne. Do y'all see this? Okay. And, and as I also overcame and I am set down with your fathers in his throne. Now, Haggai 8, 2 verse 18. Consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day on the ninth month, we need to look for these dates. That would be, a, that would be somewhere in the November timeframe, right? Even from that day, the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, considered. So. Hey, Linda. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
you know that that is the exact day in 1917, November 17th, I believe, 1917, was the day that General Allenby marched into Jerusalem and took it back from the Muslims. Wow, no, I didn't know that. See, all of that all has to do with the Father's hand. He's using these dates. And so that's, that's interesting. It, it's going to be a date in the future, though, too. And he's going to lay the foundation in the future. I think this may indicate when Zerubbabel and Joshua's work starts, but I don't know that for a fact because they are the ones that lay the foundation. I'm fixing to prove that to you. Now, verse 19, it talks about how none of this is the seed in the barn. No, it's not. Okay. The people don't repent. So the seed's not in the barn. And it goes through the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive. He goes on. But from this day forward, I will bless you, is what he's telling you. Now, let's go and let's talk about the two witnesses. And this is always such an interesting story. And y'all have heard Joey teach this. Uh, and Maria, I don't know if Maria teaches it, but she understands it. I think she's the one that really saw this the first time. But <clears throat> these are roles being played. That doesn't mean Joshua... And Zerubbabel, who laid the foundation, remember, for the temple, you know, and then they were stopped. They weren't allowed to do anything else but lay the foundation. They were stopped because some people in the, in the uh, country where they were went back to the king and said, these people are going to cause us seditions and, and problems. And so the king himself stopped the, uh, the building of verse uh, two and and the Messiah or has chosen Jerusalem to rebuke it. It is it's not this a burnt a brand burnt out of the fire. So what he's really saying, this person who is the high priest playing the role of the high priest, which is Joshua, is he not like a uh, something that you would pick out of a fire because he's gone through tremendous trials in his life. Whoever this person is. And so it's going on. Now, Joshua was clothed in dirty garments. That means he is not converted. He, he has dirty garments because, remember, we have to have white robes and, and white linen at the, in the book of Revelations, the people that are believers. And was standing before the angel, and he answered and said to him and stood before him, saying, take the dirty garments from off you. And him, he said, behold, I've caused the iniquity to pass from you and I will clothe thee in rich apparel. So he's going to, it says the father is going to remove the wickedness from it. Do y'all see that? I cause thy iniquity to pass from you. Now going on, and I said unto thee, let them set a clean um, miter upon your head. Now that's a brainwashing. He set a, a clean miter upon his head and clothed him with garments and the angel uh, was standing by. And then going on in verse seven, and if you, thou will walk in my ways and if thou will keep my charge, then thou shall also judge my house and you, you will keep my courts. That's my law. That's the government. You're working in the government. And I will give you a place of access among these that stand by. Okay, now, He's talking to 
Joshua, the high priest, and he said, if you'll keep my laws, you will start doing what you're supposed to. I will give you access to my people. That's what he's saying right here, to my people. There's a group of people he's going to bring to Joshua to help him. That's what it's saying. I think it's so interesting. Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, thou art thy fellow that sits before thee, for they are a man, men that are a sign. So we are called a sign. And when you go back to Isaiah chapter 29, it calls the people that are that that are at that time a sign and a wonder. So when it talks about the sign and the wonders, we are it. We are the sign and the wonder. It says it right here. And I will bring forth my servant, the branch. Now, many people think that is the Messiah. And that is partly true, but there's, it's also says a son of man. So it may be an actual person and behold the stone that I will set before Joshua and upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graves thereof and I will remove the iniquity out of the land in one day. That only happens when the Messiah returns on the day that he comes back. It's talking about everything changes. And he can, he's going to remove the iniquity because he's going to destroy the evil people that have created it. Do y'all understand that? And he's going to set this thing straight. So it's the, it's the father and the Messiah's work that's going to go on. And there, when he returns, that's what's going to happen. He's coming back for revenge. He does tell the people, if you will release Israel, I won't, you know, I won't punish you. But they... They're not going to do it, and they'll meet him in the Middle East, and we know that whole story, and, and they will be destroyed, and that's what's going on. Now we get to Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel is the one that was the governor at that time, and he came in to, again, lay the foundation. He was allowed to lay the foundation to the temple, but that's all he was allowed to do. And this is what he says. It's not by my might nor my, by my power, but by my spirit. So he's knowing that the things that he's doing is not from him. It's from the, from the father. He recognizes this. And he says, oh, now look at this. Who art thou, oh, great mountain? That's talking to America. So who are you, great? Who are you compared to Zerubbabel? You were just like a plane. And he shall bring forth the top stone with shouting of grace, grace. The top stone, he's going to be preparing the way for the top stone, which is the cornerstone, which is the Messiah. That's what it's saying. Okay, going on. And grace is what he's going to be teaching. Forgiveness and mercy and grace and love, all of that is tied up together. The hands of Zerubbabel laid the foundation of this house and his hands also shall finish it. Well, we know that Zerubbabel didn't finish the, the temple back then. So when is this going to be fulfilled? This is the Zerubbabel in the future, the person who's playing this role. He's going to be the one that finishes building the foundation, which we are the foundation. The people that go back into the land, they're going to be the foundation too. And you will know that he has sent me. Now, I answered and I said unto him, what are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? 
And I answered the second time and said unto him, these are the two olive branches, which are beside the two golden spouts and empty the gold, golden oil out of themselves. So their teachings and their anointing and their, uh, the spirit that the father has poured on them is going to pour out on all the people and stir the people. Do y'all see that? Now, and he answered and said, know you not what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. And he said, these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord in the whole earth. Going back to Revelations chapter 10, which it tells you the two witnesses are the anointed ones. They're the olive trees that's planted. Talked about in Revelations 10, and they die in the streets after 1260 days. They have to be on the scene before America falls. So here we go. Now, this is what is their end result. Haggai 2, verse 20. And, and again, the word of the Lord came unto Haggai the 24th day of the month, saying, Zerubbabel, gov governor of, of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth, and I will overthrow the thrones of the kingdoms, and I will destroy, um, and I will destroy the chariots and them that ride on them, the horses, and and will shall come down and, and won by the sword of his brother. And in that day, the Lord of hosts, I will give thee, O Zerubbabel, and I will give you a signet. Now, if you remember, a signet was a ring, and it was something that Judah had. Judah had the signet ring, and he had the, the staff. And you remember that he gave those to uh, Tamar. If you remember that story, that he gave him to Tamar. So he's given him the signet ring, which means he's going to have a special job where he actually reigns at this time, that the father's given him that authority, and that will be the, the reigning of, of the governor. Now going on, uh, Zechariah 6, verse 9, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, take of them so going on, and you shall take gold and silver and make a crown and set it upon your head for Joshua, okay, the high priest. So these people are, are being given a role, and that is the role that's going to be set up in our government, which is the high priest and the, and the governor, which is church and state, all combined in one, not the government we have right now, which is taken out the church right but <clears throat> church and state which is what it's in our government is going to read be set up with the king and with the high priest and that's what he's saying and and speak unto them saying the speak of the lord of hosts and behold the man whose name is the branch see this is where it says behold a man whose name is the branch so there's a man also being referred to as the branch and notice who it is he shall grow up out of his place and he will build the temple of the Lord. Now, that is going to be Zerubbabel because Zerubbabel, please understand, it says that he starts building the foundation. He was allowed to build the foundation, but he will finish the temple. And so who is the person who finishes the temple? It is, it is Zerubbabel. According to what we just read, He's not just going to lay the foundation. He's going to finish the temple. So the person who builds the temple is 
Zerubbabel. Okay, so he's going to be in charge of doing that. So he, there, I also know that this references the Messiah too, right? But and he's building the the Messiah is the one building our temple, <laughs> and he goes in. He's the one that actually cleans it up too. Remember, he goes into the the uh, into Jerusalem and went into the temple and overturned the tables and ran all the robbers out of there. And he was the one that cleaned up the temple. He's it's his job to clean the temple. It's his temple. Okay, going on. And he shall build the temple, meaning us. And he shall bear the glory, and he shall sit and rule upon his throne. And he shall be a priest and a counselor, and peace between them, between them both. All right. So this is this is referring to there's this government peace that's going to be between these two that are helping them and aiding them. Now the crown. And it goes on and talks about the crown. I'm going to skip that part as a memorial. Verse 15, and they shall, that are far off, shall come and build in the temple of the Lord and shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you and you shall come for, to pass if you will dil diligently obey the voice of, of Yahweh. So that's what I wanted to cover. It took a little longer than I had planned. For more information about this broadcast, please visit our website at www.12tribehistory.com. That is the number 12, tribehistory.com, or email us at lwatson44 at cox.net with any questions or comments.